seat, popcorn is on me. Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Thomas Manning, who uh, continues to come back. Uh, I don't know why. Just for better or for a, worse. Yeah. Well, he's got a cool last name. And so uh, anybody who has a last name Manning, I try to invite on the show. Uh, still trying to get my cousins Peyton and Eli to join us. Um, and they would not they would not do that this week. But uh, I've got somebody who's got a name that's similar. Daryl Manziel. That's right. Daryl Manziel. It's, it's got that man part. So the man welcome. is there. <laughs> yeah, the man is there. Uh, I talked to Peyton and Eli and they, they called me up and they're like, please just maybe he'll stop asking us if you go on. So I'm here in their stead. What's going on here, fellas? What do we got here? <laughs> Football cups. Well, we appreciate that, man. We truly appreciate it. It's always good to have you back on the show and uh, always good to see you as well. We do not get a chance to uh, engage with you enough. Uh, I, Thomas and I talk about that often, so we're, we're glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. Thanks, man. Well, uh, well the, the Oscars uh, have come and gone, uh, and, I, and I say they've gone. They haven't. People are continuing to talk about them, but but not for the reasons that, that, uh, that we would like for them to. So uh, we're going to briefly – talk about things that we think should be remembered uh, as it relates to the Oscars as we kind of officially have wrapped up uh, award season. And, uh, and Daryl, but before we do that, where's the best place people can find you so they know where to find your work? Best place to find me, uh, you can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Delicious, S-E-E-D-A-L-I-C-I-O-U-S, and over at my website, paprikareviews.com, P-O-P-R-I-K-A for paprika. Awesome. And uh, again, always good to have you. And, and let's get your thoughts. What, what's a standout moment or a standout film or a standout win for this year's Oscars that you're so glad that you want to talk about? The standout for me has got to be all the, the technical love that was shown to Dune, which was my second favorite movie of the year. Uh, it's just one of those movies that coming out of it, I was like, this is a, a great adaptation of the story, but just the care and craft that went into the look, the feel, uh, dare I say the vibe, since that's the word that likes to be thrown around these days. He really captured the essence, thanks to the editing, the production design, the cinematography, the sound design, the sound mixing, and, and it was recognized for its technical acumen and you know, all the below the line stuff not getting aired is is disappointing, but it's, it's still still good to see that that deserving films won. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I only wish that we had seen many of these awards given out during the actual award show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely did not shorten the show at all by, by doing it beforehand. Uh, <laughs> but good choice. And I, I know, uh, Thomas, before we went on the air, you were you were thinking, okay, I'll talk about Dune. And I was like, man, I know that Daryl's going to talk about it. I know that Daryl's <laughs> going to talk about it. So, Thomas, what's uh, what, what's your Oscar moment or uh, Oscar thought that you want to make sure you share? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely my line of thinking. I was like, I could come in and talk about Dune, but I'm pretty sure uh, Daryl's <laughs> going to have that one reserved. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll figure off a little bit more to an individual performance. And uh, I want to talk about Ariana DeBose uh, winning Best Supporting Actress for West Side Story and uh, you know West Side Story wasn't even a personal favorite of mine from last year uh, it's one that I respected and appreciated more from an, art, from an artistic standpoint rather than just pure enjoyment and entertainment uh, just because I'm not a huge musical guy that's just kind of a genre thing a genre bias with me but still um, even taking all that into account I think Ariana's performance 
was one of my favorites just pound for pound from last year. Um, and also, of course, the North Carolina connection. She was you know, born in Wilmington. She uh, studied some in Raleigh and uh, she went to Western Carolina University. So I always love to see home, home state represented. And um, she's um, just an incredible talent. And I was so glad to see her uh, win an award for this role that um, and actually I think Dad, you were talking about before the show that Rita Moreno won for the same role uh, back in uh, the 1961 original. And um, so uh, it's pretty wild to see um, the just wide ranging impact of a single character like that and see different portrayals of that that can get recognition in that sense. Yeah, and, and we were talking, you know, when has that happened before? It happened with the Joker, of course. If you want to be the Joker in a leading role, you might have a shot at, at, at getting uh, some major awards. but. Uh, it, it hasn't happened that often, and we had to go back and look uh, for Jeff Bridges and True Grit to see if that happened, but it, it was a nomination, wasn't wasn't a win. Daryl, can you think of any other time that that's happened where uh, the same character uh, has ended up winning no matter who the, the, the acting talent was? No, the Joker is the one that came to yeah. mind for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's been the beaten counters out there that might have found one <laughs> and thrown it up on film and Twitter, but off the top of my head, no. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty phenomenal and, and, and good choice, Thomas. And 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 mine is a little um, kind of under the radar. Uh, back in the summer, um, I got a chance to watch a lot of documentaries. I was part uh, of this group uh, honoring documentaries for the year, and uh, I got my first chance to check out this documentary short called "The Queen of Basketball." And I was captivated right off the bat uh, from the story standpoint and also the character the real life character. The New York Times produced this short. Uh, it's actually the first ever Oscar win for the New York Times. Um, the, uh, the basketball player, the queen of basketball, Lucy Harris Stewart, she was a pioneer in women's basketball. She came around uh, during the time that Title IX was starting to take hold. She led a very small Mississippi college to three national titles uh, in the 1970s. She also scored the very first basket and Olympics, uh, Olympics for women's basketball uh, in 1976. And listen to this, in 1977, she was drafted by the NBA, not the WNBA, but the NBA for the New Orleans Jazz. Um, her story um, through her own memories and her words and her infectious laugh, just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Love this documentary short. And I've been uh, really uh, you know, flying this flag ever since last summer and I'm, I'm Happy to see that it's been picking up awards throughout award season. It also got uh, Critics' Choice, a short uh, documentary as well. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, The Queen of Basketball, you can go to the New York Times uh, and find that. But man, what a what a just a wonderful documentary short. Well, it, the, the one thing about that doc short that just really kind of blew me away was just listening to her. You were just kind of engaged and brought in, and she just laughed the whole way through. And you're like, okay, I can't help but not be happy whenever I'm watching this and listening to her tell her story. But the Queen of Basketball, if you get a chance to check it out. Uh, Thomas, you checked out something. It wasn't the Queen of Basketball, but it was a, a, a box office queen and king that knocked off the Batman in its opening weekend, The Lost City, uh, with Sandra Bullock and uh, Tatum O'Neill. No, not Tatum O'Neill. Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum. And, uh, and, and an appearance by Brad Pitt. So give us your thoughts on The Lost City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Tatum O'Neill does not appear in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some pretty good towns in there. We could do some business in there. Well, it won't matter much. We need out of Bibles anyway. 
What do you mean we're out of Bibles? Why didn't you tell me we're out of Bibles? You're making the box too, don't you? Well, you know, you've got an excuse for everything. Could you blame me for it? If me? we were running out of Bibles, you should have told me we were running out of Bibles. Well, we're running out of Bibles. Well, then we got to get new ones. Then let's get new ones. We can pick some up in Great Ben. Great Ben's the other way. <laughs> it is Channing Tatum. And uh, so, yeah, the obviously the chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, that's kind of what makes or breaks this film. And thankfully... Um, it's it's good enough to hold up the entire film. Uh, their their physical comedy is what really drew me in right off the bat. Um, you know, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum—they're two of the most charming and charismatic people in Hollywood. But they're in this film. Their characters are just bumbling fools, and they're just—I uh, just love that contrast of people who are just some of the coolest people in real life, and then just seeing them play characters who are just absolute goofs. Um, and see, we're and- the opposite. We're the opposite. We look professional, but we're bumbling fools when you really get down to the core of who we are. So we're the opposite of that. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, <laughs> For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. But uh, yeah, they do some really interesting things with Channing Tatum's character in particular. So. Basically, he's the cover model for the romance novels that Sandra Bullock's character writes. Um, he's like a Fabio-type character, but then um, that, that's just his persona on the surface. And then when you get down to it, he's, he's very clumsy and he's insecure as well. Um, and so I kind of like seeing um, that, you know, that 180 turn there with his personality. Uh, you mentioned Brad Pitt. So Brad Pitt is in here. Um, and so whenever his character is on screen, it's lightning in a bottle. But we don't get to spend that much time with him. Um, and I think even based on the marketing, you saw that um, you were expecting it to be nothing nothing more than like a glorified cameo. And that's basically what we get. And so every minute that he's on screen is some it's probably the best, um, you know, best run time of the movie, but he's not in there the entire time, which you, know, you got to take that for what it's worth. Um, and I can't, uh, I can't fault the uh, directors too much for that just because I'm sure locking down uh, Brad Pitt for an entire film is a very difficult thing to do, and especially when you already have Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock in there. Um, but, you know, I was kind of left wanting a little bit more of uh, Brad Pitt. Um, you have Daniel Radcliffe in here as this villain who is, he's very stereotypical and cliched, big tech billionaire. Uh, he has some evil in his various schemes that he's carrying about, but Radcliffe just goes for broke. Um, he has such a fun time hanging up. Um, and I think that's something that can be said for the entire cast. Um, they just, everybody on set seemed to be having a blast. Um, and it was really the type of movie where I was sitting there watching and thinking, you know, my parents would love this type of movie. And especially my mom, it just seems kind of right up the alley of people in that uh, age group. I'm not going to say specifically what age. I'm not going to not going to date you too much, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do think for for its target audience um, with you know people my parents' age, it's really going to hit hit the mark and uh, land exactly where it's supposed to. Awesome. So, uh, what what is your rating for <laughs> for this film for old people uh, called The Lost City? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a solid B for The Lost City. Okay. All right. Uh, and Daryl, did you get a chance to check this out as well? I did not. I have to go out of town here in a couple of days and I will uh, get into town before I can check into my hotel. So I think I'm going to uh, waste a little bit of time and I'm going to watch Lost City and find a theater close by. Well, just so you know, it's not for your age bracket. It's not, you know, you're not old <laughs> enough, according to Thomas. So just, just wanted to make sure that that's clear. It's, you're not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
it seems like it's it's trying to live in that vein of like the romancing the stone type movies and we haven't had anything like that it feels like in in quite some time so they're it looks like they're they're back feeling a uh, an empty market basically yeah. so good on I them think, yeah i think so too i think so too as soon as i saw the trailer that was the first movie that came to mind and i remember how successful it was uh, for for the males because it was you know kind of action adventure and for the females because there was that romantic comedy element and yeah I, I think you're right I think it's a um, maybe a, a lost genre that's coming back and this fortune the lost city that makes that happen well, we're going to take a quick intermission we're going to come back and Daryl is going to fill us in on this movie called X that is uh, uniquely creative uh, in its approach to to telling horror uh, that and more right after this quick intermission on Meet Me at the Movies. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source. CDC.gov. Cleveland Community College has identified strengthening online learning as the topic for its quality enhancement plan. We're calling it SOUL. Seoul's five-year implementation plan is focused on continuous improvement of online courses and promoting student success. We're excited for you to take this journey with us. These lines, like the creases in my father's hands, show the hard work and sacrifices of a line worker. These lines are the connections my father helped build between people, businesses, and organizations. They tell the story of how we invested in ourselves. We're public power, and these lines are our lines. Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and Hello, welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Daryl Manzel and Noel T. Manning II. And I just like saying your name with an accent. It just, it makes me feel cool. I almost feel like puss in boots. Daryl <laughs> you know, It makes me feel cultured. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I can do to help. That's, that's what I'm about, appreciate man. appreciate it. It's all about helping. Now, speaking of culture, there is a, a culturally different kind of film called X, that uh, I think, honestly, it flew under the radar initially, but it's really getting some amazing buzz because of its uniqueness. And uh, let's get your thoughts on this, Daryl. Yeah, X, directed by Ty West, um, starring Mia Goth. That's your, your primary person in there. It seems like it did kind of fly under a, a lot of radars until people were like, oh, A24, you say? Well, then we must go out and see it. Uh, it and horror is not really my thing, but this is... A nice little cross between your classic 70s, 80s slashers and and a little bit of tongue in cheek as well. I think the uh, I think Ty West is is one foot firmly in both lanes. They're a 
parts that are they're genuinely tense and scary and there are parts that are, are laugh out loud funny um it's about a uh, the 1970s 79 i do believe is the year a group of people trying to capture or capitalize on the the boom of direct to home videos are going to make a, a video of their own uh, an adult video of their own and they've rented out a cabin off this uh elderly couple's property and wish to shoot this movie in uh, so after you get a little bit of road trip in there they get to the cabin and they get to they get to shoot this movie happens over the course of one day and i love a good self-contained movie from from morning to to you know, twilight hours. And something's just not quite right with this this couple that's letting them on their land. And one by one by one, as in your traditional slashers, they they start dropping like flies in some ways that are just horrifying to watch and in other ways that are absolutely hilarious to watch. And, and Ty West knows how to do his horror. It's obvious that he's homaging things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He, there's, if you know your horror tropes, there's some setups that, don't pay off or you can know how to shoot at all. There's going to be a jump scare coming and then it doesn't come. And it's, ah, they got me on that. If you yeah. watch this in the theaters with the right crowd, who knows what type of movie this is, it could be really fun. Yeah. And did you get a chance to watch it with the right crowd? I did not. Oh, um, there is, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> fairly sparsely populated and there is, I would say maybe three or four people who I think really, really caught on to what was going on. Um, but still a fun watch though, regardless. Okay, and so um, who do you think will ap truly appreciate a film like this? Well, obviously, you know, the A24 people are are their own group, so they're gonna love it. I think you, you, you might be able to get a couple of Shaun of the Dead people in there. I think they're gonna really understand what's going on there as well. Okay, very cool. And what would your uh, report card rating if you went? See, Douglas always messes up on this. He doesn't know how to go like A, B, C, and F, D, and F. He says uh, 7 point uh, B. So, no, uh, no, so, Douglas. So, come on. <laughs> so what would you grade this on a report card scale? I'm giving it a, a, a solid B plus, I would say. Okay, very cool. Solid B plus. Yeah. Uh, the movie is X and it is in theaters now uh and i'm going to talk about a new film uh called apollo 10 and a half and uh this is written directed and produced by oscar winner uh, richard linkletter it, and the interesting thing about this film it's a, a sci-fi coming of age story and it really is this smoothie this infused with uh, documentary stylings elements of comedy fantasy and it's all presented through animation uh it's based on linkletter's memories uh, and the life and times of growing up in Houston, Texas in the 1960s, where he says everybody's dad worked at NASA. Uh, it is a story of, of NASA and a mistake they make because the space capsule they create uh, is too small for any human that's not 10 and a half years old. So that's where Apollo 10 and a half comes from. So they do find a, a suitable astronaut uh, to do this, and it's a kid. And the film, I found it to be funny. Uh, it's creative. It is fueled with uh, incredible talent. I love the organic dialogue. Uh, the voice talent for this, uh, Zach Black is in this, uh, Zach Levi, and Milo Coy uh, is a 10-and-a-half-year-old Stanley. Um, now, if you've seen any of Linklater's uh, work on, in animation, you know that he, un he understands and appreciates uh, rotoscoped animation. Um, he, he definitely uses that here, but he also has modeled the animation here with colors, and shots from 60s postcards. 
Um, hmm. Also, old Kodachrome home movies from that time period. And he actually sourced material from families in Houston during this time to really get the feel for it. Uh, as an audience member, I, I think uh, what I loved about this is it invites you into this adventure that you could you could almost swear was going to be the truth. Uh, the way it's told, the way it unfolds, you're like, okay, I can see this happening. I can see this happening. And I think anytime that a filmmaker invites you into an adventure like that, that you swear to be the absolute truth, there's something special about that. And uh, when you when you think what you're watching is real and true, uh, the filmmaker has done their job. And this movie is one of those. So who, who's going to like this? I think fans of, uh, of animation, especially this style of animation, uh, fans of space flight, and just fans of creativity. Um, I, I would describe this movie as a Christmas story meets the Wonder Years meets the right stuff. And you can find it on Netflix. I'm giving this a solid A rating. Uh, and the movie uh, is available now. And it's called Apollo 10 and a half. Any questions, thoughts, comments? Uh, you mentioned Richard Linklater and coming of age. Uh, that kind of goes together like peanut butter and jelly. I think he's making it his mission to make a coming of age movie in as many different subgenres as possible. So now he's been, <laughs> now he's venturing into animation and documentary combinations. So uh, yeah. he's not going to stop until he's done them all. No, it's truly really fascinating. I, I was truly impressed, and it was one of these that just kind of snuck up on me and. Uh, got a chance to check out an early uh, screening of it, and I'm glad that I did. Uh, Thomas, uh, Moon Knight, speaking of, 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 of something we've been waiting for, the M MCU uh, on, on the screen, let's get your thoughts on Moon Knight. Yeah, so uh, Oscar Isaac, um, he is without a doubt one of the best actors working today, and uh, what I love about Moon Knight is that it gives him an opportunity to do just really weird and bizarre things with his performance. Um, you know, he has this really just terrible English accent uh, in this, in, um, based on the first couple episodes that I've seen. And apparently this was his idea. It wasn't even in the script. Um, and he was like, no, nah, let, let me do this bad, just terrible English accent. And it's meant to illustrate the different personalities of this character, uh, this character, Mark Spector has multiple personality disorder. Uh, it's not a good accent, and I don't even know if it was necessarily a good acting decision, but I know that it was very entertaining, for better or for worse. And that's 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 what's, what you're getting uh, with Oscar Isaac and Moon um, And uh, looking to the cinematography, uh, so a couple episodes in this season are actually shot by uh, Andrew Jose Andrew Palermo, and he shot The Green Knight, uh, which I think that's like Daryl's least favorite movie of all time. I know he's <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> so, but uh, I think it's interesting to draw a parallel to the visual style. Um, you know, Green Knight had that very dreamlike, ethereal quality to it. Um, and I think you have, um, you know, Palermo doing similar things with the cinematography here. I mean, it's, they're obviously, it's not like a one-to-one -one comparison, but I think he's pulling some of the sh same tricks with the, uh, the lighting and the framing and just creating that visual atmosphere. Um, and then you have Ethan Hawke, obviously in the series and based on what we've seen the first couple episodes, he appears to be the villain of the series, but uh, if the other you know, MCU limited series on Disney Plus or any indication, there's probably gonna be somebody else who pops up late in the season who's the true antagonist uh, that's been kind of lurking in the shadows the whole time. But uh, Based on what we've seen from Ethan Hawke, he's, uh, you know, what, what more can you say about Ethan Hawke? He's, uh, he's playing this cult leader, um, and uh, he's, he's, his character introduction, the first episode, is um, very, um, it was, it'll, it'll really make you just 
um, his character like makes himself <laughs> suffer in a sense. Um, okay. that, that's, that's part of his, uh, part of his ideology is okay. you know, suffering and something he does in the first episode in the very first scene, it'll make you cringe. Uh, it's rough. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll right. say that. So, um, so Daryl, Daryl, you've you've seen it as well. Yes, yes, I have. Okay, all right. So, so Thomas, um, you know, quick rating so far on, on where we are uh, with Moon Knight from your standpoint. Yeah, I'm going to give solid B to Moon Knight so far. Um, there is, um, I'm I'm interested in a lot of things they're doing, but there are some things that don't work. The CGI in particular is really rough, and usually I'm someone who's pretty forgiving of that kind of thing, but it was okay. notice noticeably uh, a little bit rough around the edges on here. So. And, gotcha. and, and, yeah. and Daryl, any other, any other thoughts you want to add? Uh, you know what? I This is the one that's not really grabbing me. I think okay. it's just okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, so what, what would you say? So you're rating probably a C at this point, it sounds yep. like. C for now. For now. They, okay. they, might, uh, they might pull it all together in the end, but for now, a C. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, and, and that is Moon Knight. And where can people find that, Thomas? That is on Disney Plus and uh, first, yeah, start streaming on March 30th and weekly episodes after that on Wednesdays. Okay. So uh, at the time of this airing, uh, you can go ahead and uh, check out uh, episode one. Well, Daryl, we've got a couple minutes. I do want you to dive in and talk about fear. You've been talking about horror related things, man. So let's get your thoughts uh, on fear before we uh, wrap up. Yeah, Fear. Uh, strangely enough, not a horror movie, but an interesting <laughs> name for it. Uh, it's well, Bul- well, it scared me, so, so there you go. <laughs> a Bulgarian movie um, that was their submission for international feature for Oscars this year, directed by uh, Ivailo Hristov, if I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. It's about a uh, small Bulgarian town near the Turkish border. They've been having a bit of a, a refugee issue due to some various skirmishes and whatnot in the area, and they're not big fans of it. Uh, this movie is focused on a, a an unemployed teacher named Svetla, who comes across an immigrant, an African immigrant, who's walking his way to Germany, catches uh, catches him on her on her land or as she's out hunting for food, tries to take them to or tries to take him to where they've rounded up all the other refugees. There's no room for him. So she begrudgingly lets him stay the night. Uh, a very hard exterior is what Svetla is. Doesn't doesn't let a whole lot of people in. Um, but there's just enough there for the 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 good natured just awesomeness of this of this German immigrant Bamba that uh, the the seed is planted for the germination of a friendship throughout this movie. Um, and unfortunately, the rest of the town folks in this very small backwards town are not uh, not big fans of of refugees already, and they are not big fans uh, of an African refugee in particular. They want uh, none of his ilk in their town. And the rest of the movie is the, the blossoming of their friendship as you know, directly proportionate to the ire of the rest of the town. There's a communication barrier between the two of them. She doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak Bulgarian. So a lot lost in translation. Sometimes it's played for comedic purposes, sometimes for dramatic purposes. But in the end, man, uh, an incredibly beautiful movie. Uh, well done. Loved it from beginning to end. What I love about, about film in general is it uh, does not matter where it was created. Uh, good films can, can be universal. Uh, in their approach and also in the way that they reach audience. And it sounds like that's exactly what this film did for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what is your rating for uh, fear? A minus. 
Hey, Manus, and yes. uh, any, anywhere that people can find this uh, available now? Uh, you know what? That is a good question. I did not look that up. <laughs> I kind of threw film movement. I'm not, okay. uh, I'm not sure if, uh, if you can uh, hop on film movement's website and pick it up there, but if you can, please do. Yeah. That that's, that's one worth checking out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I do want to let people know that if you're looking for uh, something new on uh, Blu-ray DVD or ultra HD Blu-ray, you can check out death on the Nile. Uh, that is uh, available on April the 5th. It's been available uh, through other services uh, prior to that, but it is uh, now uh, being released on those physical formats. Uh, next week, I'm uh, going to talk about The Bubble, uh, Judd Apatow's uh, new film. So <laughs> looking forward to diving in about that. Also, uh, I'm going to talk about a Netflix documentary called Return to Space. Uh, that's coming to you from a couple of Oscar winners uh, who were involved with Free Solo. Uh, that'll be coming next week on Meet Me at the Movies. A movie quote of the week comes from uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, if it can be written or thought, it can be filmed. And uh, I love that. Love that quote. Uh, Daryl, once again, man, appreciate you being here. Daryl Menzel uh, joining us for Meet Me at the Movies again. Um, where do you want people to find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at C Delicious. You can find my reviews, podcasts, and all that good stuff on paprikareviews.com. Awesome, buddy. Looking forward to having you back again. And next time you talk to Douglas, uh, let him know uh, that you knew how to do a report card. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let him know I know what letters are. (laughs) All right. So until next time, I'm Old Team Manning II for Thomas Manning and Daryl Manziel on Meet Me at the Movies. For this week, that is a wrap. (laughs) 